Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. Got the first dub uh, this past weekend, so obviously that was a, a positive. But how's everything else going for you, Zach? It's been pretty good. The sky is glowing a little orange out here in California, so okay. I don't know what that's about. Could be another fire. Fingers crossed it's not. But uh, yeah, otherwise, things are uh, things are nice. It's been 90, 90 all week, so... Um, I, I, you a little know, different. I don't know We're getting to... a little colder out here in uh, Chicago land. Starting to experience I... the season change a little bit. <laughs> I miss that, man. I miss fall. Fall in Chicago has got to be one of the best seasons. It's great. Yeah, I, I honestly love it. I'm, I'm. People can't see it, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. It feels great to put on the Sweater the long sleeve and, yeah. and and just let it rock. You know, I I, <laughs> I love the hoodie weather. I'm all for it. Getting the the fall uh, the leaves to fall down and football season i mean it's just a perfect pairing oh, it's so nice yeah it's the best time of the year for sure and, and this last weekend was pretty good i mean the bears i would say were pretty i don't know if we can even say dominant but controlled the game for basically you know 50 minutes of the game and then i really honestly called it out as soon as the bears went to prevent defense i was like okay well they're gonna let the the Bengals at least make this too close <laughs> and uh you know they right sure then did. right then and there burrow throws it after three straight picks throws a dart to jamar chase and he punches it into the end zone and it was a little bit downhill from there but a lot of things to cover in this bears Bengals game i mean boom dalton goes down I, I think we all took the possibility of dalton getting an injury into play i know i saw as a you know he could potentially get hurt in the beginning of the season kind of in a weird way though he runs out and then just kind of tweaks it wrong while he's running heading towards the sideline takes a little bit of contact odd to see him exit the game but then justin feels the moment everyone's been waiting for justin fields takes the field yeah uh it was it was a strange injury um every article i've read talks about how dalton you know fell awkwardly he didn't fall. I don't even think yeah. he he fell at down. No at no point all. did he touch the ground. I don't think. Yeah. I don't even think he made contact with anybody. He so I rewatched it. There's only like two angles I could watch it from, but I rewatched it a couple times, and it looked like a complete no contact injury. Like he just his knee kind of buckled. Um, I guess I, I thought I read somewhere that it was a bone bruise, um, but yeah, it, it looked it looked a little not great. Kind of a, a telling of his age because uh yeah he just he just stepped awkwardly and then the knee buckled and and now he's out so um you know i guess bears fans should be happy and that we got a little mini fields debut but kind of kind of an interesting injury from uh from our qb1 yeah no it, it was definitely peculiar and and right it's kind of unfortunate that fields had to kind of take over I guess in that way and, you know, not to spoil, um, it's not even really new. So it's not even spoiling. Of course, he's going to be taking over, um, this next game as well against the Browns. He will be starting. Dalton will not be playing. It was made pretty clear that as soon as Dalton is healthy, that he will return back to QB one. Of course that could definitely change. Yeah. Of course that could definitely change if fields goes out there and balls out. I mean, at that point, there's no way there's be way too much media pressure that you wouldn't be able to flip back and go to Dalton. And then if you manage to lose that game, you're going to get absolutely roasted. Um, But yeah, I mean, we get to see fields play and I I think at first, I guess I was a little bit shocked. I thought that he would be a little less nervous, 
But I think one real telltale sign for me was the fact that he got two false start penalties on himself, which is for the quarterback to get them in the NFL is a very rare thing. Yeah. No, I and I appreciate he came out right after the game and said, yeah, I did not play the way I, I wanted to yeah. um, because I'll just say it now. In all honesty, I thought Fields had a pretty rough outing. Um, he threw six for 13, only 60 yards, no touchdowns, and he threw – a really, really egregious interception. I mean, just a bad, bad pass, mm-hmm. and, and in a in a, such a clutch moment when we really need him not to do so, and and uh, so close to our own end zone. So it looked like yeah. he, he could have potentially blew the game there. Like that was a oh, very totally a very realistic possibility. That, that was a moment, something that you'd really like. And we didn't see that much out of Justin Fields in college. That's something that like a a struggling college quarterback does, right? Like you're in the lead, yeah. you're in command. And you throw it to the other team. Like, absolutely, the number one thing that you're thinking in that moment is no turnovers. Like, if you go three and out, you take a big sack, it's still better than, you know, we can punt the ball away still, get exactly. the ball downfield. And he did it in his own territory, too. Um, uh, it, they got the ball in, in really good field position. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not something that you want to see. I, I think that there was a real potential that he could have came out there and played, like, a decent game because you know he probably should have had a touchdown he placed that ball to Allen robinson perfectly but that was by far his best moment by far like yeah yes it would change our perspective the stat line would look a little bit better he'd have more yardage he'd have that touchdown pass but he definitely had those jitters and he was not making all the correct reads and you know, I, I still have a lot of faith in him for improving. By no means does this outing that he had. He was thrown into the fire. Um, he wasn't intending to start with this game. He's still been pretty low on first-team reps at this point. So, you know, I shouldn't expect anything flawless, but I think, you know, he showed that he was human, at least. I think that's probably what the takeaway yeah. we can have. He was taken in by the moment. He was nervous to enter the game a little bit. Um, and I, I think that he will... We won't see as much of that. I don't think we're going to see any more false start penalties in this game against the Browns. I think he's going to have that nailed down. I actually thought he showed a lot of maturity. He went over to the ref and kind of asked, like, hey, what exactly am I doing wrong? And after that moment, it didn't happen again. So at least it shows that he he's really able to realize his mistakes and, and start to improve on them. And I think watching the film, he came out and said in the press conference, he could have definitely done better. So I'm thinking after you know a good week of preparing, being with that first team and watching back that film to see, just exactly kind of the poor poor reads that he was making and a little bit of the nerves that he was showing, he'll be able to come out and play play better against the Browns. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I think, you know, obviously there is a little bit of a factor of like not getting those those week uh or the you know, those practice reps with the with the starters. With that said, I, I think you nailed it. He just he looked nervous. This is like the first time I think we've seen Justin Fields look like a mortal, you know. I I said <laughs> during the preseason and and even in week one, like there was there's a little bit of these rookie mistake kind of things that I, I, I've been expecting. I think a lot of fans right. kind of just hope he's going to be the Lord and Savior and comes in, you know, next week and crushes the Browns and crushes everyone. Like the truth is, he's a rookie. He's young. He's he's what is he, 23 or something? I mean, he's uh, 22. He's not even 23 yet. Um, he's a kid and uh, he's going to he's going to make mistakes He's gonna have those false starts. He's, you know, these are these are some of the kinks that got to get ironed out. Um, you know, with that said, obviously, it always shows how much potential he has. He he moved around with his feet a little bit. Um, you know, tried to extend plays when he could. 
Uh, I, I'd like to I'd like to see him kind of um, compose himself a little bit better moving forward. Uh, I definitely think just comparing, you know, even Andy Dalton's game to to Justin Fields. I thought truthfully, it's it's a little bit of a shame Andy got hurt because Andy was having a good game. Uh, for all the the criticisms we give him in in week one, I thought week two looked a lot better. Um, they started off with with play action. Uh, they were, you know, they were threatening Montgomery the whole time. He, you know, Montgomery didn't have quite the explosive game he did last week, but but I just thought overall the game looked a lot smoother uh, all around offensively, and and obviously our defense definitely stepped up. You know, keeping the Bengals to 17 points is very nice. Uh, not that the Bengals are any kind of an explosive on- offensive team, but you know, keeping any team under 20 points is is a winning formula. Could have very well been under single digits too. I mean, honestly, that's true, and, and <laughs> truthfully, should have been had had you know Justin Fields not thrown uh, that interception. We at least maybe would have been having you know a, t- a 10, 10, 20 game, something like that. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I just thought that the even the play calling I thought was a little bit more cohesive, and and I thought Andy Andy was you know moving the ball downfield. He was nine of eleven with fifty six yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. Uh, I think. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him as like one of, if not the highest, uh, graded offensive player. I, I believe it. I'd believe it. I, I think that as far as just like overall rhythm in the offense, it was definitely better when Dalton was out there. You you weren't watching the game if you think that the offense was operating as smoothly when Fields was there. Which then again, you know, I, I will say I think this is the bottom line on Fields. First off, the Bears still won this game, so it's overall positive. You know, your starting quarterback got hurt. Justin Fields comes into play and still wins the game. Now, you know, he made a couple mistakes, but at the same time, the defense stepped up to play. You got the win. I I think with the offense, the last thing I want to hit on before I get, you know, totally wrapped up into the defense, because there's a lot to cover there, you know, a huge step up from this past week. Offense is still very much struggling in the red zone. The red zone is still a huge problem. I mean, because... Really, this score should have been so much more. Like the Bears should have probably been into the 30s in this in this game. I mean, they missed a lot of opportunities to put the ball into the end zone, and you know, not to nitpick, but that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, we're going to need to see that improve. And when you're playing the Bengals, who you know, I didn't think this was going to be an easy win for the Bears by any means, and ended up being a lot easier than I, I thought it was going to be. But you know, we look at the Rams game versus the Bears game, and I think that. That you ask the question of how much was it quality of team, but then you know you look at the defense and you have to at least acknowledge that it was a significant step up. I mean, the three straight interceptions was just nuts, but they earned every single one of those interceptions. A great pick by Jalen Johnson, and then to put the pressure right up on um, Joe Burrow and then come down with the pick right there as well. And the Roquan Smith pick six was magical. I mean, that was all all beautiful stuff there. Roquan Smith had a hell of a game. How impressed were you by the defense? And just add in your like your little little bit of opinion is how much do you think it was just because it was the Bengals? Do you think the Bears can kind of replicate this level of performance going forward? Well, this is where the the negatives start to come in. Okay, I I thought not that I haven't been negative already, but uh, <laughs> I thought our defense played uh, so well that they saved the game. Um, Absolutely. Without the defense efforts, we we would we clearly would have lost the game. Um, yep. Without that pick six, what's the score? It'd be thirteen to seventeen. Bengals yeah. win. Yeah. That would be. 0-2. I mean, the offense still only scored one touchdown. 
I mean, that's it's, what it is. That's what we did. We scored very one concerning touchdown. that this offense has put up so little points in the first two weeks of the season. Yes, exactly. We the offense scored thirteen points. Let's just put it like that. The Bengals' offense scored seventeen points. So who won the game? Yeah. Defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, Jalen Johnson finally got that that pick. That felt good. Really wanted to see the <laughs> guy. I, I talked about it last week. I wanted to see Jalen Johnson get a pick. He gets a pick. All right. And he responded. Yeah. I mean, he responded. He great. listened to the podcast and he said, you know what, Zach and, and Reese, this one's for you guys. And he <laughs> yeah. jumped up and he picked that ball right off. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit when we went live on YouTube, me and Austin, um, Khalil Mack, uh, you know, showed up. He got a sack. That's good. Uh, still feel like he was kind of invisible during the yep. game. I agree. And I know Austin feels a different way. Like, you know, for the people that listen to the podcast, Austin draws up a decent amount of these topics still. And I was laughing to Zach before the podcast. I was saying you can just just feel the bias and a little <laughs> bit of the homerism that just bleed right through the topics. I mean, Khalil Mack, one sack, but caused many more. I think later in the game, he came on a bit. Like when the blood was in the water, he was like a shark, you know, and he started started to get in there and mixing it up more. But if you look at the Rams game and the first half of this Bengals game, I think Invincible is he wasn't winning one-on-one matchups, you know? It's not like, and we always said, and there's some real validity to this, that, you know, Khalil Mack, like he's always getting double teams, and all that, but there were you know multiple players. Robert Quinn outplayed Khalil Mack in that game. He did. He he, did. he he was significantly better, even in run defense. Robert Quinn was in there mixing it up, and Khalil Mack. I, I don't think that he's falling off, you know, or he might be a little bit. I don't think that his career is over, absolutely. But it's been a slow start, and he got the one sack, which was was really good, and hopefully he continues to build off of that. But I will say that I I have not been impressed over the first couple of weeks no and 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 look here's here's the harsh reality of, of the business of football Khalil Mack is the highest paid player on our team he's you know his average salary is like 23.5 million dollars a year uh yeah. you know if you average out uh, his six-year contract with us um he is supposed to be game defining week to week yeah for that kind of money that's a guy who's supposed to to win all one-on-one matchups and and really really like teams have to respect him and throw double teams at him every play if they if they plan on stopping him at all uh Aaron Donald is a dude who who is just an absolute game destroyer Khalil Mack three years ago was a complete game destroyer we have not seen that and I know what you mean about like not wanting to say falling off but it's hard to look at it any other way he's been (laughs) for for like two years consistently and this year he, you know, through two games, he's been relatively unobservable. Uh, it's, it's where has he been? He's averaging half a sack a game. Like that's not enough. It's not going to cut it uh, for somebody who's earning twenty three point five million dollars a year. Just, just thinking about, you know, the fact we're not going to pay Allen Robinson, who's only twenty eight years old and is, you know, I think a top five receiver um, in the league. It's like, look, this money, you know, wh- whoever you want to say spend it on, it's like this money could be spent elsewhere. Um, for somebody who's at, you know getting half a sack a game, that doesn't qualify for twenty three point five million dollars a year. For all of Robert Quinn's faults and the fact he's older, he outplayed Khalil Mack on half the salary last week. So um, it's a little concerning. I I don't think 
by any means that this is the end of Khalil Mack. I, this year, I'd you know, it, I do think it's a little bit of a prove it year. Like Mack's yeah. got to kind of prove to the Bears that he has not fallen off, that he is not falling off, um, that he is worth the most expensive defensive contract in the NFL. Um, and and yeah. not to cut you off, but it's weird that kind of I'd say the two biggest stars on each side of the ball have been kind of struggling at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack have not in with Allen Robinson, besides the drop touchdown pass. I mean, that's completely on him. But like for week one and two, it's just like I don't think they were really trying to create huge opportunities for him. I mean, he missed the one big one, but that was the only one big chance that he had. And I think it goes back to throwing the football downfield. But like I, I'm tired of seeing games where Allen Robinson gets five, four catches for 30 yards. Yeah, let's get let's get this man above 50 yards at least like come on let him try to do something <laughs> on, on that end you know it's tough because every position is going to be played a little different i i do think that boils down to a lot of play calling um the thing is that robinson got off to a really hot start uh, on that first series he had his two receptions for for the one touchdown i mean it was like all right at least in the first quarter i mean he came yeah. out hot yeah, he and uh, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a great game for Robinson. And then, you know, when when Dalton goes down, I don't know if that changed the game plan or, or what exactly happened, but they went to a very, very conservative kind of a, um, a game plan. And, and I didn't like – and then, obviously, you know, Dalton tries coming back in, has a terrible series, and goes right back out. Um, I I think that with Robinson, I don't know if it's really as much of an individual effort as, uh, as far as – or, you know, as much as – game planning i don't think yeah that we're we're still not stretching the field uh darnell mooney himself missed you know uh yeah uh, he missed that catch. first he made up for himself by kind of catching a similar pass but he yeah. dropped the first one it was it was pretty bad you, you had two bad drops by the two best receivers on the team yep at, with their rookie quarterback you need to be doing everything to try to help that that rookie quarterback out and i know that's what austin's screaming from the rooftops is that's why fields would have such a great game but you know <laughs> it's whatever <laughs> now fields would have made the <laughs> yeah oh yeah but uh, yeah ultimately yeah kind of going back to the defense the one striking negative and it was pretty apparent to see in the game that the commentators even brought it up they're targeting duke shelley <laughs> they're targeting duke oh. shelley pretty hard and it was funny because I, I think even the preseason, I was like, yeah, Duke Shelley, he's like, he's not a terrible option for that nickel position. And it uh, looks like uh, looks like my words were very wrong <laughs> wow, <laughs> because wow. he got torn up in that game, uh, really gave up three major like third. And it was on really inopportune times on, on third down conversions as well. So, yeah, not the best look for him. Uh, same with Kendall Vildor. I mean, my God, they, the two of them combined were horrible to Sean Gibson was not free from sin either um or safety we we man our backfield is it, it's bad we we are we talked about it last week we're in trouble our cornerbacks are getting picked apart and the league is taking notice and when we start facing some of these more high-powered offenses which I, let's just get it straight the the Rams are a complete team okay yeah excuse me this year with uh Matthew Stafford uh, they 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 are a very very threatening team. They could uh they could they're, have you know championship potential here. You at least but, think they're going to be in like the NFC championship, you know? I think it, so. I think but that division cool. is very tough. I mean, damn, we could do a whole podcast on that whole division. Right. I mean, they really honestly have four 
potential playoff teams there. So. Exactly. And one of them is going to get the X. Unless, I don't know, maybe they take the two wild card spots of one division. Well, I, I guess play. now that they expanded the wild card, it is possible they could all make it. But they could. Wow. They could. Imagine that. That's going to be. That would be history. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that. But yeah, I mean, the Rams are a much better quality team than the Bengals. And the Bengals showed some flashes, some good things against uh, the Vikings. And, and late in the game, they, they showed some good things as well. I mean, the Bears controlled it, but it's hard to say. Without those three picks that were made, the Bears probably lose that game. And I think that Kendall Vildor, it looked like he had a really good one-on-one play, but he actually got away with pass interference on that that nice yeah. breakup. He was all over him. Yeah. Um, and other than that, he was definitely not as bad as Duke Shelley, but... You know, it wasn't perfect. It, it seems like we could do better at that second cornerback position, and we can definitely do better at that nickel. And to Sean Gibson and Eddie Jackson, we're at least a lot more aware. They had the nice little compliment where Eddie Jackson forced the fumble. To Sean Gibson recovers it. Kind of heady play. They're at least a lot more in the game than they were with the Rams um, Rams game. Which, yeah, definitely. You know, do you credit that to maybe it's a little bit easier of a team for them to play against? Probably, but at the same time, they at least showed up and played better. So I'd say that I am worried about the secondary. I think the secondary played a lot better as a whole. But uh, the the definite question marks are at that nickel position and, and still eyes on Vildo to see if he can really pull this off. Yeah, the thing I really, really loved was when Tashawn Gibson um, stood over the uh, <laughs> the receiver, you know, on third down when we were about to about to receive the punt and, and taunted. And then we we. We gave the ball back. That that was really good. That felt really nice to <laughs> to lose that. Good job, Tashawn. You really yeah. really helped the team there. I mean, just I don't know. Like guys. this taunting shit's ridiculous, though. I mean, all right. It, I will they, say, they should the they rules, should be smarter. But damn, I, I'm like I don't need to see multiple taunting penalties in a game. I agree. I agree. The rules are dumb, and I think you know the law of averages usually comes back around, and, and it all kind of works itself out. But let's just let's just understand that this is the game as it is right um these are the rules yeah you I have mean, to play within true. them yep. if you're gonna stand over a guy and <laughs> flex you know like how selfish i don't know man i, I know the rules are <laughs> stupid but they're the rules and like if you're just gonna break them be like well they're dumb rules you're gonna lose us games and you can sit on the bench and watch us you know play the way that the rules are written it just is what it is. <laughs> Until man. they change the rules. Until they change the yeah. rules. Well, sure. Till they change the rules. That was like the end zone celebration thing. You know, like now they, they let guys celebrate in the end zone and everyone complained when, when they didn't let us. But it's like, look, if you scored a touchdown and then you went and you celebrated and you and you lost the play, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You know, like yeah. you can complain about the rules after the friggin' game. Win the game, then yeah. complain about the rules and, and, and advocate for change. But yeah, I just thought, you know, when when I see those dumb those foolish like penalties where you're just sitting there going, dude, what in the world? Like we had the play. You made the play. Just go back to the sideline. Like, no, it's they, you can, you can ruin a game like that. I mean, again, this game was a three point game. We had to get three picks to make it a three point game by all, you know, reasonable (laughs) understanding. We did not deserve this win. We were gifted this win three times in a row. Um, <laughs> and and we still almost lost it. So to have those type of penalties is just inexcusable. Um, we're we have really we have some big troubles uh, in our cornerback room and our safety room. Um, 
I don't know if free agents or trades are the answer, but as it stands, we this this can't last. Like I don't think that our current starters uh, can get us through the season unless we just fully admit we're rebuilding and this season is is over. Because week to week, this is just not going to work. Yeah, week to week, it, it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable way of winning. I, I will say that. You know, Sean Desai, a much better called game on defense this time. I, I think that a little bit of an experience showed against the Rams. McVay kind of kind of took him to task. Yeah. But against this Bengals team, he he crafted those three straight picks by kind of just knowing exactly what to call on those plays and, and keeping the pressure on Burrow, and, and it made a fo- made him fold. And I think he really utilized. I think what I was happiest about is he's really utilizing the hot hand on this defense. You know, I think he was calling up the right pressures, realizing that Robert Quinn was having a hell of a game. Let's make sure that he's getting in the right opportunities to continually provide pressure. And that opened up opportunities for everyone else. I think that was a very clever, clever move that he was bringing that in to get the substitution and get Mario Edwards in the game a little bit. He made an impact. He was bringing in players at the right moments and calling a very good game. So I think that this kind of defensive performance, that three straight picks is not happening again. Well called defensive games is very much in yeah, it's very much possible. I mean, I don't I'm not saying we're gonna see it this next week against the Browns, but we'll see some really strong defensive efforts like you know, throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, at the end of the day, the um the offense needs to step up a lot more. And in, until we see that, you know, when the defense comes back to earth a little bit, it, these these losses that kind of fluked into wins a little bit are just going to be flat losses. <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we're going to get this. Like you said, this was a very fluky win. Um, three picks doesn't happen every week. It doesn't happen most weeks. Um, you know, in fact, interceptions are not all that common. Uh, you know, they happen. If you're lucky, you get a pick during the game, one pick, uh, unless you're playing a really terrible quarterback. Um, so... We're going to have to rely on a more consistent game plan. I do like that, you know, we're bringing pressure. Sometimes it's not always just about uh, your best player, you know, goes out and crushes the game, you know, a la Khalil Mack or something. Sometimes, (laughs) no, Robert Quinn, it's like he just has the matchup. And, and, you know, that left side of the offensive line just was not prepared for him. And and so sometimes you just exploit that and say, all right, we're going to hit them as hard as we can on that side. Maybe you come up the middle, you know, maybe you just rush up the middle and say, look, the, the, you know, the uh, middle line line uh, men are just not ready for us. And and Roquan Smith had a good sack. That was uh, when they when they dialed up his uh, blitz. I feel like it was maybe in the first half, I, or maybe I could be thinking maybe it happened in the Rams game, but I, I very much think it happened in this last game. Just going a bit off of memory, I'm pretty sure they dialed up a blitz. He kind kind of just came straight yeah. on and, and rushed in there, and uh, paired with that interception, had himself quite a game. Uh, kind of just. Is- Every week, man. Yeah, exactly. And, and moving on to someone that's usually been, you know, kind of consistent and, and very strong is Jalen Johnson. Ended up being the highest graded corner in the NFL really kind of over the first two weeks. So it's been very positive through him. You know, we touched on him. We don't have to go super in depth. But, you know, got his first career pick over the first two weeks has been strong. And I guess at least we can have faith that we're really building a solid number one corner, probably someone that could be a mainstay of the secondary for a long time to come. How are you feeling about how he's playing? Do you think he'll continue at this throughout the rest of the season? Is he kind of just getting I, last year? He had a very quick start too. 
you know, and, and kind of faded off a, a little bit um, towards the middle of the season, kind of came back on late in the season. Do you think he's going to sustain this level of play? Is he someone that's already stapling himself as a top, you know, five corner in this league? Or are we expecting him to come back to earth a little bit too? I would not call him a top five corner in this league. Well, but if he's projecting, I'm not saying at this point, but over like oh, the first oh, couple of weeks, you know, I'm saying like if he has, if he continues this level of play throughout the rest of the season, yes. he'd have like a top five season as a corner in this league. And then people would probably project him to be that into the future. But Correct. that's if he, were, if he continues playing at this great level. <laughs> right. If you were to keep playing at this level, he'd have, you know, 15 picks by the end of the year. So, well, I hate those point, projections, but I know, I know. But, uh, you know, at some point he's going to slow down. Here's the other thing. It's it's unfortunately for him. Um, he's he's our CB one, meaning he's going to have all of the toughest matchups. Every yep. great receiver in the league, you know, uh, apparently OBJ. Uh, might be playing for the Browns next week. You know, he's coming back from his injury, and this might be his week. He's going to match up with him. So so he's going to have to cover, you know, one That'll of the top receivers. That'll be really fun. Yeah. But he'll have to guard one of the top receivers in the league. It's it's a little unrealistic to expect him to have one of the highest grades uh, in the NFL, you know, as a, as a second-year corner guarding the absolute best uh, week in and week out. So... But with that said, you know, all he's got to do is is hang strong. Just be, you know, be the best he can be and and just try and try and fill Kyle Fuller's shoes, you know, as as best as he can. And and I think from what we've seen so far, he's a dude that's meant to play in this league and he's going to be around for a long time. I hope the Bears hang on to him. Um but uh yeah, I don't, you know, I don't expect him to be at the top of Pro Football Focus's list every week i just think that's yeah. a little unrealistic I, I just hope he doesn't disappoint as much as every other cornerback on the bears yeah and i think what you've what you brought up there with pro football focus serves as a really good transition into our next topic which is jermaine effetti and jason peters being the highest graded tackles of week two by pro football How about focus. that um you know of course they didn't have terrible games that they had pretty good games to, to get that kind of ranking. But I always kind of hate just judging players performance by pro football focus. Like I yeah, really feel like agreed. pro football focus is so off sometimes. And I think saying or giving the kind of idea that the bears are, are really strong at the tackle position just doesn't really sit well with me because they still gave up, I think a decent amount of pressure and, and you know, Fields took some real hits <laughs> and some of that maybe was hanging in there a little too late. But at the same time, I don't think that this line is incredibly better than we thought they were. I really still think they are kind of who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, no, they, and we let them off the hook. That's, you know, I, I, I think you said it like personally, I think Fields, uh, stood in the pocket way too long um he also he ran out right once without feeling sensing any pressure from his from his backside or from his blind side um i thought that there was a lot of fault in fields in 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 the deficiencies of the line i actually thought the line did play really really well um and they have for the last two weeks they've played far far better than expectations however you have to add in the context that the expectations were unbelievably low <laughs> you know yeah. uh, so much so that i i didn't want us to start 
Justin Fields because I was scared he would get hurt. I just thought like there's no protection. This this kid's gonna get you know just absolutely crushed. So with that said, yeah, they played well. Um, what I say like they're the best line in the NFL. Like no, they're clearly not the best line in the NFL, right? They're they're far from it. But but they're they're outperforming expectations by a lot, and that's at least something to hang your hat on. And I. I agree, and I also disagree. And I think that they have been playing better than expectations because the expectations were so low. But I also think that like our vision on it is so clouded because there's a bit of duality with Justin sure. Fields. He either, this past game, he either hung in the pocket way too long or he gave it like half a second. Where like at any, we don't even really know how that play would have turned out because he was already out of the pocket and either scrambling or looking to hit someone on the move, you know? So it's just like for some of the sacks that he took, it's like, ah, you know, maybe he hung in there a little too long. And then some other plays, it's like, well, I'm not sure how the offensive line would have held up there because he was out of the pocket so damn quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, so it, it's yeah. tough, you know, like those could have been pressures on Dalton. And Dalton's taken a couple hits, too. He's been flushed out of the pocket. I mean, d- damn, did you expect we'd see Andy Dalton run so much as a Bears I- quarterback? Dude, Dalton. Okay, can I just go back to Dalton? <laughs> Dalton was running well. Dalton was moving. He looked. He looked like the slowest moving human on earth against the Rams. The couple times we saw him run against the Bengals, he had some. He had some zip, dude. Uh, uh, let's see. What were the rushing numbers? So here's the crazy thing. Fields. I talk about this. I talked about this with uh, Austin on YouTube when we went live. Justin Fields. Carried it 10 times. First of all, I think that that shows he's a rookie. He threw it 13 times, and he ran at 10. Fields. Often. Th- no. <laughs> no. Throw the ball, Fields. Don't keep running. Here's the thing. He ran 10 times. That'd be great if he got, like, 80 yards. He got 30. He got 31. He averaged 3.1 yards a carry. Not good, Fields. Don't run that much. That's best bad rushing numbers. Andy Dalton, on the other hand, Mr. Red Rocket, okay, he ran it twice, and he got 25 yards in two rushing attempts. He was averaging 12.5. If I'm not mistaken, both times he ran it, he got a first down. Dalton was Dalton running, I think, through offenses for or uh, defenses for a spin because they were not expecting that. Uh, like I said, I thought Dalton was, was balling out. I thought he was having a great game. Uh, that opening drive, you know, moving the ball 75 yards, touchdown to Allen Robinson, I was clapping. I was like, all right, man, keep this up, you know. Do that three more times, and and this game is over. Um, and, uh, and then he gets hurt. And then Fields comes in, and I just, you know, going back to the offensive line, they, they gave him more than enough time, and I thought he was scrambling a little bit too much. And then I think he would try and compose himself and step up in the pocket when he shouldn't. And it would just look like one of those things where I don't know if it's like he he had an idea of what he wanted to do and then either didn't go through his his you know his progressions or he would he wouldn't look for the check down. He he just constantly wanted to do a little bit too much and it never really worked out. I mean, all game he didn't really provide us any scoring opportunities, you know. Um we kicked, I think we kicked one or two field goals with him out uh, as our quarterback. That's not enough, man. That's not going to win games. You got to sometimes understand this is where that veteran mentality comes in when it's time to just check it down or throw it away or, you know, um, knowing when the right time to scramble is, when when you should run and slide and, and try and be tricky. But 
I think he was on every play. He he wants to make the big play. He's trying to do a lot, and in time he'll realize that there's there's not always an opportunity for that. Defenses can be really you know um, stingent on on what they'll give you and what they'll they'll let up. And when you p- play really good defenses, they're not going to give you many opportunities. So um, yeah, and you really kind of like walked in the next thing. Like of course Justin Fields, name starter for this next week against the Browns. I know Bears fans are overall very happy about it. Um, I think we've all been kind of on the edge of our seats waiting to see Fields play. Got a little taste of it this past game, and now we're going to get the the full game coming out as a starter. And uh, the whole game plan is going to be built for him, so I think that's probably the most exciting part about it is they've at least had a week to build this game plan, and we're going to probably get a lot better of a taste to see how Nagy wants to run this offense through Fields. But overall, you know, I'm not exactly sure how you're feeling. I, I can kind of get a little bit of the read off of you, but from what you described, it's just like Justin Fields wasn't feeling the game. And I, I think yeah. some of that was definitely the nerves. I, I think sure. you can definitely chalk some of that up to the nerves, but I think the thing to watch in, in this game as a starter and, you know, all our topics are bleeding into each other a little bit. We'll try to keep it separated, but the thing to watch is he heads into this game overall for the offense as well against the Browns is just, can he get into a realm? Can this offense look like it was clicking at least with Dalton? I mean, we've went over the red zone struggles and, and he needs to punch the ball in the end zone. Like you said, the field goals aren't cutting it, but like you said, he was kind of doing the wrong things at the wrong time. You know, he's stepping up into the pocket when it probably wasn't right for him and maybe getting out of the pocket when he had an opportunity to get the ball out to a receiver. So I think that'll be the major improvement in this next game is if we see him come out there and just execute and really take the offense as as we want to see it. Just kind of a nice flow, and you just feel that kind of chemistry building. And I guess one of the questions I'd ask you, Zach, is how much do you think that it was kind of just not being able to build a game plan for him, maybe Nagy not calling the right plays? And do you think that's going to change into this next week? Do you think just because we have a game plan built out for him now, we're going to see that better flow? You know, are we putting too much blame on field? Should we put more blame on Nagy? You know, such and such. Yeah, I think I think uh, Peters, Jason Peters, our left tackle, had a pretty interesting um, note about this, and 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 maybe you know giving credit to the fact or, or reason why Fields looked the way he did last week. Uh, he he talked about how. Uh, blocking for Dalton versus Fields looks drastically different, yeah. you know. Uh, and he went into some of the more technical language about it, uh, and and talking about how basically, you know, um, Dalton knows how to step up into the pocket and is looking for those checkdowns, and and is is kind of less inclined to run out and less inclined to make those big plays, and kind of just looks to to get completions, keep moving the ball, you know, move the chains. Um, versus Fields, who's kind of a, you know, he's he's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. He's he's he can run, he can throw, he can you know he can move around, and so Peters was talking about how it, it's going to take a different type of preparation for Fields to comfortably sit behind the line, and without that that dedicated week of practice, they just didn't have that, and so this week moving forward, they definitely are going to game plan around him a bit more. Um, I do think that that could give uh, some credit to why uh, Fields looked as uncomfortable as he did. I think this week we will see a much more composed and put together Fields, uh, and I I think he's gonna he's gonna come out and have a pretty good game. Uh, I don't see any reason why he can't. 
Um, but you know, the truth is, this was not the great the greatest week for him to make his debut. <laughs> the Browns I, are a scary team. Yeah, and I don't want to think about Miles Garrett potentially oh, getting a good hit on him. That could be pretty rough God to forbid. watch. God um, forbid. I think for me, I think it depends all about the start. You know, if he gets a good first couple of drives, I think it's really going to build his confidence. That he's just going to kind of roll from there. Might still make some mistakes, but he's at least going to have the confidence to to keep pushing it. Because as soon as you lose that edge, that's when the defense is really key on to it. When you're not a great quarterback takes the ball and puts it into some risky situations, but makes it work. You know, you take the chance every now and then and you make it work. And as soon as the defense reads that you're not forcing anymore, you're playing a little safe because you're nervous, you're overthinking things a little bit, then they're going to come, come all in for you. And that's a little bit what the bears defense did with burrow. You know, as soon as they kind of got him off kilter, they just kept putting the pressure on him and, if Fields can kind of stave that off for himself and, and get a fast start, I think he's going to have a great game. If he comes out, if the first drive is like a three and out and the second drive isn't much better, I, I think it could still be a little bit of a struggle for him. And I'm still not going to lose complete faith, but that's just how it goes for a young quarterback. I mean, so much of the game is emotions and confidence. And, you know, if Justin Fields gets confident quick, he's going to be slinging the ball. And if he doesn't, yeah. we're going to see a lot of the same. And I think we can get into a little bit of the, the actual – preview against the Browns now because I got something I just can't get off my brain and it's such a small specific thing but it's when you brought up about the fact of just how much different it is for blocking for Fields and Dalton is that we could potentially see a lot more holding penalties against the Bears in this game if they are not able to game plan and adjust a lot it's a lot of times when you see quarterbacks run out of the pocket real quick you just get those tackles especially it relates a lot to Peters and Nefeti that we both talked about earlier they're inclined to hold on a little bit longer because they're not quite sure where the quarterback is at. And, you know, that's when that's what really kills offensive drives is penalties. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I think the fact that he has the awareness to know that he's got to be playing a little bit different, at least in the mind of Peters, is going to lend to maybe that that not happening. But something to at least keep an eye on as the game evolves against the Browns. Yeah, and, and I think that there's going to be increased incentive because – you know, our tackles and our, our, our guards, they're going to be kind of looking out for the rook. You know, there's a little bit of like, hey, this kid's 22. You know, he he's he's like a he's a, a young dude. You know, he we don't want to. This is his first start. I think they're going to be looking to protect the hell out of him. Uh, he's also the future of the franchise. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a big understanding of that. So I, I think you're right. I think we could see maybe more penalties than we'd like um uh hopefully you know this team doesn't become a, a really penalty prone uh line but through two weeks they haven't been perfect right. with that um yeah and and even that being said to to get it from an even wider perspective maybe you're happy that it takes some holding penalties so that miles garrett doesn't come and kill justin true. fields you true. know so you got to look at it from perspective there's really a lot of ways that you can look at it i guess in the short term you can be kind of pissed off about it but you never know. They could be doing doing him a favor. And to put this whole matchup into a little bit more perspective, week three, Bears versus Browns. Each team is one and one, I do believe. Yep. Um, yep. And we, it, which is 
kind of an interesting matchup there. Um, Browns lost to the Chiefs and edged out the Texans. That was the Tyrod Taylor-led Texans who ended up getting injured in the game. Um, and wow, yeah, Tyrod Taylor had 144.3 quarterback rating before leaving the game. So he was having himself one hell of a game. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor, who seems like he's probably been on almost every team in the league at this point. Slowly, <laughs> slowly making his rounds. Journeyman trying to play on all 32 teams. Right. And we have Baker Mayfield playing injured. Jarvis Landry is out. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be playing injured, as you alluded to earlier, Zach. And currently right now what we're looking at a lot with this Browns offense is they are keeping the ball on the ground with Nick Chubb, which isn't an awful option. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the league, um, but maybe something that the Bears can exploit on the game plan. I guess where are you seeing the Bears possibly struggling? Where do you see them possibly taking advantage of the Browns in this matchup? Uh, yeah, obviously we're going to struggle stopping uh... – Jadavious Clown Jadavian Clowney and, and Miles Garrett, I think that we're gonna have to do everything in our powers to uh to try and keep them from murdering Justin Fields. Um I'd like to think that our our you know uh Montgomery basically is, is gonna have a big game, but I the 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 thing is that the Browns are such a complete team. It's hard to say we're gonna succeed in any one way. Um I, I hope that the fact that we got Justin out on the field, we're going to have kind of these dynamics, uh, like a, just a dynamic offense that that teams aren't super prepared for us to, to have, um, that he's going to throw this X factor in there that, that teams just haven't had a lot of practice, you know, seeing. But uh, I, man, I don't know. I, I also think that the Browns are, are a division championship type of team. Um, I think that they have one of the most talented rosters in the league. Um, on a personal basis, I think that they probably have the most talent and they're a young team. So they're only getting better, you know, week to week, they're not getting older and, and more tired, you know, as the season drags on some of the, as we go back to kind of the, the average age of teams, like, you know, some of the bears players, Peters, you know, is one of them, like as weeks go on, he doesn't get better. He gets worse. He's going to, he's going <laughs> to fall apart. It's just the truth. It's how the yeah. body works, you know, like, like, by week 16, week 17, do we really think Peters is going to be in great, healthy shape? He has to run no way. in a He wasn't pool. after week one. <laughs> exactly. He didn't even finish week one. You know what I mean? Like, so so the Browns are a team. It's the exact opposite. They're moving in the other direction where they're, they're young and they're just getting better. So, um, you know, they, they almost beat the Chiefs. It was a tight game. The Texans was a little bit of a – Kind of an unbelievable game. I, I'm shocked it was as close as it was. You know, Tyra Taylor had a had a great game before coming out, but I think the Browns are on the up and up, and I think that they're just getting better. Last year they really proved that they were a team that could hang, uh, and this year I think they have championship aspirations, and they are going to show out. Uh, presuming that Baker Mayfield is healthy. Um, you know, or healthy enough where it, it's his non-throwing arm that he injured last week. Uh, I I think that we could honestly see a pretty pretty intense game from the Browns. Um, uh, I think that they're gonna not to just be as vague as possible, but I, it's hard to look <laughs> at any one area that they're gonna beat us and be like, that's the area. I think they could beat us in every way. I think that they uh, could rush, they could they could pass, they could get after a quarterback. There's not a lot they can't do. Yeah, there's really not a lot that they can't do. And I think that 
the really the key is is the Bears are gonna have to pass the ball effectively to to win this game. I mean, if they're relying solely on Montgomery and Justin Fields scrambles to win the game, I don't think that's gonna cut it against the Browns. Even even if we really expect the the Browns passing game to take a huge step back because Jarvis Landry is out, I mean that's a big weapon. Um, we're not quite sure what Odell we're getting back. You never know; he might not be the same player. It's a little bit of a question mark, but I still think that you know Nick Chubb versus the interior of the defensive line is something to watch. I mean, luckily our front seven has been playing you know very well. At least they played very well last week, and you know maybe not as great in week one against the Rams and we're going to have to see. I mean, if the bears can get a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, they might be able to keep the points down and, you know, might force the Browns to get a little bit one dimensional, which is of course is going to make it a lot easier on them. But yeah, I mean, if the bears can't pass, then they're really just going to allow them to pass rush when they get in obvious pass situations and be able to shut, get shut down Montgomery as well. So I think that this game is just going to ask a little too much from the bears offense than they can quite put up right now. Um, I, I think the defense could keep the Browns in check. I'm not 100% sure on that. I could see the Browns putting up as many as 30 points or as little as 20, you know? But I still think either way, it's going to be tough for the Bears' offense to... They're, they're going to have to surprise us. They're going to have to show us things that we have not seen um, this season already to overcome the Browns. And frankly, that's why I think they... They lose this week to the Browns. I know this is, if you all are wondering what Austin's pick is, he is going for the Bears. He is taking the Bears' victory. I do not feel quite as confident. I'm not sure where you sit, Zach. No. Uh, Austin, you're out of your mind. (laughs) Okay, look. Homer. When you say say Homer, when you say (laughs) the Browns could score as much as 30, they're averaging 30. They're averaging 30 through two weeks. There you go. They do score 30. It's happening. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just it's a fact. the The Browns score on average thirty points a game. Um, they will score thirty this week. I I will I'll, I'll bet money on the over under that we're, they're going over thirty. Um, okay, I, I think that's I, a pretty. I mean, the Chiefs' defense, the Texans' defense. You could argue that you know the Chiefs are kind of a weird defense. I know some people are like really like them. They have some good players on there, but I'd never say that they're a great defense. Texans' no. defense kind of bleh. So the Bears' defense is probably the best defense that they've been playing. But at the same time, you don't think so? You think the Chiefs are better? I, truthfully, man, I, like, I think it's, through two think, weeks, nah, nah. The, the, I think the Chiefs have the better defense between the Bears. Okay. The, no, the that's totally is, fair. I mean, that's totally positionally, fair. Positionally, right, like like on the line, we win. Uh, right? Like our, our rushers are better. They just are, at least on paper. But if Baker Game's not just, played on paper. <laughs> exactly, right? And 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 if, if Baker starts chucking it downfield, it's over. And the thing is yep. this. This is this is the real problem with our weakness. That's the worst weakness to have. <laughs> okay? Of yeah. all the areas you don't want to be exposed, it's downfield where yeah. where you can start lining up like 40-yard passes cuz that's honestly that's what I saw Stafford doing. Stafford probably went into the huddle and went at all costs, give me time. I I don't care if you're holding, if we have to have like six dudes on the line guarding me. Just give me time because I'm going to absolutely demolish these cornerbacks. We're going to have one-on-one matchups or no matchups, and they're just going to be out in the open because there's so much miscommunication between safeties and and cornerbacks. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna air it out, and you guys just go get it. And they did. And like Stafford didn't even 
he didn't like miss a throw past 30 yards. Everyone was a completion. It was disgusting. And that's when I saw that, I went, all right, well, that's the game plan for any high powered <laughs> offense. They just watch that and go, oh, okay, we'll just throw it 40 yards every time and we'll win. So I don't think they're going to dink and dunk. I think that they're going to be putting up like ridiculous numbers on us. Um, I'd yeah. like to say I think this is going to be a tight game. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think we're going to get absolutely demolished. And Fields is going to have a real welcome to the NFL kind of moment, which is going to suck because he should have come in, you know, next week uh, uh, against the Lions or whoever the hell we play next week. Um, yep, Lions. Yep. Yeah, That's... Lions. Just, you know, like he could have had a nice soft intro. No, he's going to have a huge, hey, there's Miles Garrett. Try and score 30 points because the Browns are about <laughs> to. Um, you know, good luck. Pat on the back. Get out there. It's going to be brutal. The counter to that is the Bears are going to have to blitz to win. Because the reality is when they are giving oh, quarterbacks, yeah. when the Bears are giving quarterbacks time to throw, the, the secondary is getting torn apart. When Burrow had time to throw, he threw deep passes. And yep, then, yep. of course, they couldn't get pressure on the Rams all game, so they were throwing deep passes all game. Yep. So you're right. This game has real runaway potential. It's If the defense can keep them in check, if they can get home on the blitzes, I obviously made the secondary look so much better in this past game. That's the reason I got three interceptions because they were getting pressure. When they're not getting pressure, the secondary is getting exposed, and it has such a, I don't know, relationship effect where it's a game that could really have blowout potential, as you're alluding to, because if the secondary is getting exposed, the, the Browns are making big splash plays, it's going to force the Bears to continually throw the ball, and we're going to get continually in situations where the Browns defensive line, which is good, is going to be matched up against our maybe playing better than we expected, but still probably not very good offensive line and putting Justin Fields in situations he's not going to like. It's his second game playing. You know, you can add you can add it up. It doesn't add up to something very pretty. So, yeah, I, I, we're two for two for one there. We got one for the Bears, two for the Browns. And if the Bears do win, how how much weight do you put them into potentially starting four and one? I also don't feel confident about that. I think that they can beat the lions, but I don't think this is a team that can beat the Raiders either. I think the Raiders are playing a much more complete football than the bears are too. Yeah. The, the Raiders are a little bit of a surprise hit. Um, kind of don't like, I, I definitely would not have thought uh, they would have started, you know, beating the Ravens that, that was, and that looks like a quality win after the Ravens went out there and beat the Chiefs. Exactly, right? Then the Ravens go out and beat the Chiefs, and by deductive reasoning, the Raiders are the best team in football. No, they're right <laughs> Well, and then we know that the Raiders will beat the Chiefs in both games this season because, well, that's just how football works. That's how football – that's exactly how it's always gone throughout history. <laughs> um, no, I think the Raiders are much more of a threat than going into the season anyone thought. Um, I will say if we beat the Browns, uh, the Bears are in the next division of of teams than I previously thought. I thought I think that we're like a total rebuild team. If we beat the Browns, I think that we've moved up into the middle of the pack pretty clearly. Um, it depends on kind of the the quality of the win. You know, like if I see Baker's out there and he's limping and he's grabbing his shoulder <laughs> and OBJ's not out there and Jarvis Landry's not. Or, you know, what? like if they don't have any other players and everyone's hurt and hobbled, I'm going to say, OK, well, you know, sure, we won. But if everyone looks healthy and they're slinging it and they score 30 and we score 32, this is a different conversation um, that, you know, I think that 
it'll be hard to deny, to deny at that point the Justin Fields effect, right? Like if if uh, you know we came out week one scoring fourteen points, fourteen. That's pathetic. Yeah. We scored twenty in week two, not good. <laughs> if we go out there and we score something close to thirty or over thirty, totally different. I mean, this is like we're ramping up. Justin Fields has a big effect. Um, you know, we get our receivers involved. If our secondary doesn't get chewed up, that's another big thing. But uh, yeah, you you mentioned it earlier. The keys to the game: pass rush. Mac Hicks, uh, Quinn, they need to have big games. And and, and uh, you know, Roquan, I think week in and week out has been like our best defensive player. Um, I yeah, that's we just need to see Baker under pressure, scared about re-injuring that shoulder. I want him hitting them so damn hard. We get roughing the passer penalties, you know. Like, yeah, I, I want I want to see them just <laughs> crushing Baker every play, because um, otherwise, I think it's going to be. It really does have the the very strong potential for a complete runaway game. Yeah, and I think that of course the pass ru- pass rush is a big one. But basically, what you were kind of saying there was that a lot of it depends on how Justin Fields plays, <laughs> and not to put any more you know pressure on him, but. <laughs> In order for the Bears to overcome the first if of beating the Browns, Justin Fields is going to have to play very well. And for the Bears to have a shot at going 4-1, and one, Justin Fields is going to need to take over this offense and elevate it to a new level very quickly. Right. That's so a, That's a good point. That's ultimately that's point. What, it, that's what it boils down to. I mean, this defense can play well, and, and we can see that, but if this offense can still not put up points, you know, it's going to come down to can Justin Fields amaze us even more than we think that he can. It, and that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, that's why this bear season is very intriguing, you know, because there's so much that hinges on a couple of things performing very well. And one of them is your rookie quarterback that you just drafted in the first round. And he's coming to be the best bears quarterback of all time. We're laying that all on him. Right. And, and I think with Andy Dalton, truthfully with Andy Dalton playing the way he did, um, especially against the Bengals in that first quarter, you know, his injury is week to week. Uh, and I think that even that a little bit like, hey, if push comes to shove, I think Dalton really could have played this week. I think he'd be stiff and would be half of, you know, the, the kind of guy he is. But um, I don't think Nagy's afraid. Like if let's say Fields comes out and lays a big goose egg, you know, against the Browns and maybe they even give him a redemption chance against the Lions and he he struggles. I don't think there's very much of a question that we could see Andy Dalton come right back in and start. I mean, they made he made his intentions known that Andy Dalton is still our starter when he's healthy. I think everyone kind of goes, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, sure. Like, let's you have see, to, Field, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to say that. But as soon as Fields comes out and throws four touchdowns, it's over. But the opposite could be true in that if, if Fields really comes out, looks like a rookie, looks like Dan, this guy, you know, he has a lot. Lot to learn, a lot of room to grow. Uh, get ready, Bears fans, because the Raiders, you know, matchup could very, very <laughs> well see the return of the Red Rocket. And, and I like that. I like this kind of theory that you're pouring out here. Almost that the Bears are conserving Andy Dalton, and almost like an M Night Shyamalan type of twist. They've just been <laughs> conserving the Red Rifle the whole time, and, just... and they're. They're ready to bring him back when he's 100% healthy and bring back the secret weapon. It's something to note. Uh, You know, I think as this plays out in future weeks, and a lot's going to depend on this performance against the Browns and, you know, potentially against the Lions as well. You know, 
do you risk potentially hurting Fields' confidence a little bit to put Dalton back in there if he's really running the offense that much better? And I think that's probably something we'll be potentially discussing um, over the coming weeks. I'm not sure if there's something else you really wanted to hit on, Zach. I think we covered this this following Browns game quite comprehensively, but it's going to be a fun one to watch no matter what. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you heard it here first, guys. This could potentially get ugly. <laughs> it, it sure could. Uh, hopefully not, you know. Let's see. The era of Fields start in in you know in a great success, but uh, <laughs> a great success, a great success. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be. You know what the thing is? This it's like must watch football. Uh, yeah. This week, I, Austin thinks it's gonna get flexed to a later time slot. I don't know when they make that decision. I don't know if they do it the day before or when, but um, it's usually at least the Friday before. I'd say. I think that there's a pretty good potential that tomorrow or so uh, we could find out that this game gets flexed to a more kind of a prime time spot. Because oh, uh, I think that this this that's game exactly is what we need. <laughs> I know, right? It feels the same to be prime time. So, um, but who knows? So who knows? So this this really could end up being this could end up being something. Um, Pretty big, pretty important to watch. I think that this debut is gonna uh, really kind of make or break the 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 season in many ways because it it's gonna tell us with our future quarterback where we stand amongst the elite teams. We're not gonna see another elite team because I I don't know where the Packers are really at after week two. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but we're not gonna see another elite elite team until we play the Bucks. Uh, late in October, over a month away. So, you know, at that point, our season's already basically determined. You know, when you've played <laughs> nine games, you're you're pretty much on track to go where yeah. you're going. Uh, not many teams turn it around after week ten. Um, so, I uh, yeah, I think that this is this is going to be sort of a a season, somewhat of a season defining game. Must watch. Yeah, must watch for sure. And, you know, the season's going to be determined on week three. There's not too often you get to it that early. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to be a real interesting game to watch. And, yeah, I guess we'll see when the kickoff time is at. You know, as always, appreciate everybody for listening. Um, it's been real fun to cover this Bears season already. It's been probably about as much of a roller coaster as we all expected to be and then some. It's just been something new every week and, and what else do you expect from the Chicago Bears I and mean, that's what they always serve up like a reality it's like a reality tv show out there watching them play <laughs> but um yeah as always I appreciate all the support and uh, all our listeners as well keep an eye out for more youtube videos we're, we're getting those out um you know more more often we took a little bit of a layoff and in summer but now we're, we're coming back with that and also pay attention for po- possibly more um, post-game live streams as well you know when possible we're going to look to do that and just kind of be able to get there and get that instant reaction and engagement from from y'all and uh if you love the podcast guys be sure to leave a five-star rating and possibly lead or uh, leave a review and uh, we will read it out on the podcast and as always bear down bear down guys <laughs>